Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. It's Doug Cunnington here. And in this episode, we have a follow-up from Jan. So a few episodes back on episode 162, I basically read out an email that Jan had, who's wondering about what my day was like. Was it really cool? Did it suck? And just sort of a candid look at what was going on with that. And Jan had some follow-up questions, and they are very specific. I'm actually going to go through a lot of them, and I think, I hope, that a lot of people will either find parallels or have, or you will have the exact sort of questions that Jan has as well. I'm not sure how that will work out exactly because, you know, what Jan has gone through and what he explains is very specific, but oftentimes I, I do know that I've heard someone else's story and I think that is so similar to me or very close to something like that. So anyway, we're going to go through it. We're going to see how it goes and please do let me know if you like this sort of format where I'm talking directly to Jan and like how how my advice maybe applies to him or the specific advice to him. I'm, I'll obviously try to generalize a lot of things and I anonymize. I don't know if that's a word, but basically I made some of the information he sent more general, omitted certain things, and I tried to prune some stuff off. So anyway, that's what we're going to talk about today. As I am recording this right now, we're just hot off the uh, meetup in Atlanta. So I'm going to shout out to some of the folks that came by. We had Dale, Bill, Marty, Ben, Sandro, Tom, and Chris. So we had about seven folks come out. We met over at the, I think it was a Skip Wells Park in Cobb County. It's a nice little uh, quiet park. Bill actually did some recon for me on the day before. He lives in the area there. So he was able to check out a couple parks because I was not over there. So he was like, this one looks okay. Could be an issue here, so on and so forth. It worked out great. We social distance distanced ourselves. People wore masks. So I think everyone felt pretty comfortable and there was plenty of room. And actually, it wasn't too hot. Shockingly, it was a little, there was a little bit of cloud cover here and there. And we had a nice pavilion there that was surrounded by trees. So there was actually a little bit of a breeze. We were very much in the shade and it wasn't nearly as uh, just hot and humid as I was afraid of. Contrast that with the day that I'm recording this. I mean, it, it was kind of sprinkling. It's very warm. My skin just does not do well out here in the humidity of the Southeast. I had, I mean, let's go back. I mean, I had terrible acne for years through high school and college. And things sort of cleared up. I didn't, you know, really realize it over the past like 20 years, but they sort of cleared up. And as I moved out West, I have like fewer flare ups. Somehow this ends up an episode talking about my skin, but basically I'm, I'll like shave and go outside and start sweating. I got to try and put sunscreen on blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, man, I look like a teenager here. Terrible terrible little flare-ups coming on. So anyway, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. Thanks to the folks that came out. It's cool to meet people in person, especially I know folks may be nervous to go meet with random people, but we obviously try to keep it safe. Everybody 
you know, took whatever distance that they wanted and there was plenty of space out there. So I, I think it worked out great. We just had a nice uh, discussion. I didn't have any talking points. So it was just cool to meet, meet people out there. So thanks a lot to all you folks that made the drive out. All right, let's get into the meat of the episode. I'm going to attempt to read out some of the, some of the email here. We'll see how it goes. I'm going to power through. I'm not going to edit this. So we're just going to have to fumble along together. So let's go on this ride. And what I'll do is I'm going to read out most of the email and then I'm going to come back with a lot of my comments. I'm going to try and just go through what Jan sent and then come back with my, my comments here. So thanks for supporting me on my way to becoming a successful entrepreneur. I find it very worthwhile to live your picture of a life like in my lecture free time during my studies. A really nice thought. You can do everything, but you don't have to. And I've always done a lot. Thank you for taking the time to read this long email. I think these details are needed so that you have the necessary background knowledge about me to answer my questions and hopefully for the listeners of your podcast. So what advice do you give me for further, for my further way? I'm not sure exactly what Jan meant to say there. So what should I do basically so that in one year I'll be closer to my goal than I am today? And what can I do to better make my vision a reality? I've thought about your questions about my perfect work day and my perfect work situation. I want to share these thoughts as well as an overview of my previous activities and my online business. My vision is to be financially independent with niche sites, a software product, and possibly online courses. In order to have the freedom to decide where, how much, with whom, and on what I want to work on. I'm going to read that again because this is sort of like, it's just very important. So I encourage you to figure out what you want to do. That's that's Doug jumping in there. So I'm going to read this again. My vision is to be financially independent with niche sites, a software product, and possibly online courses so that I'll have the freedom to decide where, how much, with whom, and on what I work on. Well said. That's very well said. Moving on back to the email. I want to create my dream job myself. I'll work in my home office I will have enough time for sports, family, hobbies, as well as growing and learning. I see my role in discovering new projects, designing, organizing, and building up the structures. My core competence from my current professional life is the leadership role. I can see one or more teams around me, but they are self-organized and do not depend on me in day-to-day business. I initiate projects from the role of the client and the steering committee. As a manager in the company where I'm employed currently, I have already achieved this role. Unfortunately, the criteria of my dream job are only met about 60%. This gives me motivation to start my own business. In my own business, I'm unfortunately still very far away from this. Okay, actually, I was going to say, this is Doug again. With 60% of the way there, that's not bad. I mean, a lot of people have a job that they really hate and they're not anywhere close to what they want to do. In fact, yesterday I talked to one of my very successful friends. He was laid off a few months ago, but he was very happy because he hated that job for the last you know few years, basically. So it was a job that he enjoyed very much. And then it degraded to something where he was, he wished he was laid off sooner. That's what he said. Okay. Back to Jan. 
my story and what has happened so far. I read the Tim Ferriss book, Four Hour Work Week, and started looking for online business models in 2018 that would enable me to build something comparable. Online courses, software products, and niche sites were shortlisted. Due to the supposed simplicity, I decided on the first step, and that would be niche sites. So in May 2018, I started my first niche site. In July 2018, I completed a course. He he was a student. Jan was a student in a course to build a niche site. Around that time, he built the website, did keyword research, and wrote the first posts himself. He purchased further articles from a company. Then in October 2018, he participated in a challenge by a marketer. I removed the name because I'm going to trash this person in a second. So in 2018, in October, he worked on a challenge. He purchased a niche site idea and keyword from the said marketer. I built the site taking into account the previous experience and with consulting from that marketer. So I see some issues there automatically. In December 2018, Jan purchased the full service that built a site including six months of SEO full service with the promise of being placed in the top 10 in Google after 12 months. The goal was not reached and I'm taking current legal steps right now. From January to August 2019, I reduced the intensity of working on my projects but published continuously with uh, new content on the two sites and did a little bit of backlinking. September 2019, new momentum, and Jan actually enrolled in Five Figure Niche Site, my course. So thanks, Jan, for that. I didn't even know it when we started doing all these uh, emails back and forth, by the way. I didn't know you were the Jan. There's, there's a few Jans that I correspond with. Okay, October 2019, decided against the continuation of the existing projects and bought a revenue-generating starter site from Human Proof Designs. I started to implement the content from my course, from, that is, uh, I'm mixing adjectives here. So Jan started to implement the content from Five Figure Niche Site and tried to delegate as much as possible. From January to April of 2020, he tried to delegate 100% because everything has become too much. He has a lot of stuff going on with his job, a second child, just... Life. Life is going on. So he was trying to outsource more and he has the capital to do it. So from May 2020, he recognized in a coaching session that building his own business is very important and he would not be successful if he only does the minimal amount of effort on the side. With more focus, new motivation, and higher intensity, I'm back working on the niche sites. And when I have a system in place, I plan to rework my other projects. My other goal is to build a system and not just a website, but a team, knowledge, and process base. I would like to develop the knowledge so that I can, sorry, I would like to develop the knowledge and that together with my team. Um, okay, I maybe messed up that sentence, but we're just going to push through. On one hand, I want to be an expert, but at the same time, I want to act as the project manager and let the team do the work. For this, I have weekly calls with three Upwork members, an editor, a writer, and an SEO, and a budget of 800 pounds per month to invest. I think that is a symbol for pounds. I am ignorant, so I'm pretty sure that's a symbol for pounds. I listen to podcasts like yours 
read articles, join Facebook groups, watch YouTube videos, and try to get more knowledge about SEO, affiliate marketing, and how to make a website successful. He started work networking. Additionally, he enrolled in my multi-profit site course. Thanks again, Jan, for being a supporter of my work. And hopefully we're going to get you to where you need to go. Quick other note from Doug here. Basically, I, I again, I did not realize that Jan was, you know, a core member of my courses here, which is fantastic. I'm glad I'm taking the time out to highlight the work that he's doing and how he's trying to, you know, make things go. It also definitely made me look and, and think like, hey, are, are the courses complete? Like what, what is the gap? Like why has John jumped around a little bit? Although I do see that he's honing in and focusing a little bit more. Okay. So there's a little bit more from Jan here and I'm going to take a quick, a quick little break and give a shout out to one of the underwriters, one of the sponsors of the Doug show. And that is Ezoic. And you should check out Ezoic's site speed accelerator. It makes your website go faster. A lot of people have contacted me, especially on YouTube, and they're like, hey, does this work for this other platform that is not WordPress? I coded a site by hand. Will it work for my site? The answer is it will. There is a WordPress plugin, but I encourage you to not use the WordPress plugin and use their DNS integration. The DNS integration allows you to do more sophisticated caching. It also... Uh, let you use the CDN, which I believe is powered. I'm sure the documentation is there, but I'm pretty sure it's a uh, Cloudflare. So some people were asking like, Hey, is Cloudflare better than Ezoic? It's the same thing. They're using the same infrastructure, the same servers and everything, right? So pretty much equivalent. Someone else asked me, my site loads in nine seconds. Will this help my site load faster? And the answer is yes, it probably will. The site speed accelerator probably will help your site load faster. However, if your site is loading in nine seconds, you have some kind of shitty things going on. So I highly recommend you tighten things up first before you try to optimize. So I would wonder about your hosting. Do you have the right hosting package for the amount of traffic that, you, that you're uh, receiving? And if you need to upgrade, upgrade. If you are on a shared plan and you have a very slow server response time, you might need to upgrade. That, that's a key thing to do. And you could check this in under two minutes, go over to Pingdom and you could run a test from various servers across the world. And you can see how long it takes for your server to reply back. I recommend you run the test a few times, because if you just do a, a one-off, you could have just a bogged down server. It could be a little slow, could be a little fast. So do it you know, five or six times over the course of uh, the day, and you can kind of get an average and see what the server response time is. So fix that sort of thing up. And additionally, a lot of times people have too many plugins. They maybe have huge images and they need to compress them more. They need to change the resolution from something ginormous to something uh, exactly the size that it needs to be, like maybe a width of 800 or 1200 or something like that versus, you know, 3,400 pixels. Like you don't, you don't need an image that huge. There's not really any need for it. So at least if you're just serving a website, 
So check out the site speed accelerator, clean up this stuff. If your site is just loading super slow, try to optimize it on your own first, clean up some of the easy things, then check out the site speed accelerator, use the DNS, check all the boxes. If you have any issues, you can reach out to their support. If you don't hear anything back in, you know, a quick fashion, email me, let me know feedback at doug.show. So thanks to Ezoic. I really do appreciate their support. Okay. Back to Jan's email. Where am I now after two years? I have four websites in my portfolio. I've invested about 10,000 pounds. I am generating about 30 pounds per month via Amazon, which is far below my expectations. My human proof designs project shows the first upward trend at Amazon this month, which is July. And that's a good sign. And all he actually sent uh, some of the earnings over and basically like things are taking off, which is great. He also says that I've learned a lot. I realized um, very late how little I understood in the game. I still have a lot to learn and I realized how varied the tasks are to make a project successful. I tried to delegate something that I didn't understand and it sounds like he's done that over and over again. I scaled too early and I should have made one project successful before I start more projects. 100% agree with that. It's fantastic that you see that. And I pulled... I tried to pull myself out of the projects too early. I believe that freelancers or full service providers can compensate for my deficiencies in knowledge and it's enough to simply hire and let them run with it. I've become really familiar with the subject. I have to be very familiar with a subject myself to buy the right services or to be able to lead the team. And he says, thanks for reading so far. I hope I've given you a good impression of myself and the projects. The reflection when writing this email has already helped me. So that is a key thing that I wanna highlight also. Imagine that I've asked you this question, like what, what are you trying to do? Like what's your vision? What have you done so far? Like what worked well, what didn't work well? If you do this like every month or so, you're probably gonna make huge progress. If you start pruning off the things that suck and just think about the dumb mistakes that you've made or the things that worked really well. I don't do this enough. I probably end up doing it two to four times per year as I'm kind of ramping up for another like sprint of work, whatever it may be. And I'm definitely spread too thin. I'm working on too many very little pieces. I do tend to hang on to things for a long time before I start to outsource it. I potentially hang on to them for too long. But anyway, the point is, imagine you're sending me an email like this and you need to map out in, I don't know how many words this was, but say it's like two pages worth. If you need to write me an email that's a couple pages and you're like, here's what I've been working on. Here's the good stuff. Here's the bad stuff. You'll probably have some great insights just like Jan did. Back to Jan's email, looking back, I've been sure to do the right thing several times, but the results show, let me re-emphasize the cadence there. I basically have tried to do the right thing over and over again, but the results show that I have not achieved what I thought I would. I'd be very interested in your assessment of the current approach. Am I on a promising path with my knowledge and the things I'm currently doing? Do I have tips and advice for the future path? What would I do next if I was in his place? 
And he says, I'm reading the one thing. I think that's by Gary Keller. Very good book. My question is, what's the one thing that I should do in my current situation that has the greatest impact? And if not, hold on, if my not success story is interesting, you're welcome to use it for the show, which I am. Thanks, Sean. I really like the format that I answered the questions last time, and it helped a lot. And He says, I hope it helps other listeners in a similar situation. So I hope so, too. Otherwise, this has just been a whole thing just for Jan, which is pretty, pretty fun. So I'm going to sort of, I recorded a couple thoughts here, tried to, you know, make sure I didn't jump around too much. Do let me know if me reading the email like that was too grating or if it was okay. So I think it was a little rough. I did actually read this ahead of time. A few times I tried to clean things up so I would be able to go through without screwing up too much. Any issues were, you know, my fault, not Jan's. Okay. So overall, um, I think you're doing pretty good. I mean, you're honing in on a lot of things, Jan. And I want, I want to look back sort of at my journey. So I may have gotten lucky and gotten a good start with lucky timing when I dabbled with niche sites back in 2013. Somehow, I was able to make decent money within a year. Actually, within about six months, I hit my first like $6,000 a month. Maybe it was lucky timing. Maybe it was, yeah, there's a number of things where I just could have gotten lucky. And I was chatting with some of the people yesterday at the meetup. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I think back and I'm like, maybe I just did get lucky a few times. I have no clue. I mean, I'm starting a new site now. I've started some newer sites and some didn't go that well. Some have done okay. But maybe I just got really lucky really quickly, or maybe there's something else to it. I have, I actually don't know. I'm not sure. I'll take the luck though. I'll take the luck all day long. Anyway, the thing is, I hit that awesome earnings point in six months. And basically, almost right after that, I got my first Google penalty for using a private blog network or PBN. And I, definitely got stuck after that. So think about this for a second. I hit success and then hit a brick wall all in under a year. And I thought I had it all figured out and I was going to quit my job. And then I got sucker punched by Google. Basically. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just following along with the people that I was learning from. So basically for the next year and a half, I tried to recreate what was working before, what was working for me personally before, and it didn't work. I probably invested several thousand dollars in capital. I, I don't, I don't even know how much, but it could be. It's, it was probably under twenty thousand, but I was putting a lot of money in, and even more time than that. I was doing a lot of the writing. I was trying to build out and scale a lot of stuff. At one point in time. I had, I think, like five or six sites that I was launching all in a month. Technically, I could actually do that, even though I was working on the sites on the side, which is interesting, but I did, I mean, I worked from home, so I didn't have to commute. And, you know, even if I had to go in the office like once a week or something, I didn't have to commute most of the time. So that gave me a huge amount of like flexibility 
to work on my sites on the side without interfering with my professional like work. Side note, I actually was doing great in my job around that time in yeah, roughly 2014 to 2016. Like I was growing a team. I was taking on way more responsibility. I got promoted from a consultant to a managing consultant or a consultant manager. So I had a lot of people working for me and I was firing on all cylinders as far as like executing and getting work done. And unfortunately, like I said, for a year and a half or so, I was just like, I don't know why these sites are not taking off. I was just trying to do what I was doing before. Little pieces were working, but I was making probably like less than $1,500 per month, which is great on the side, but it wasn't close to what I thought I could do or what I needed to do to replace my full-time income. And I saw other people who were making awesome money. They were less educated than me. They had less real-world experience in general, and it just came off a little... I don't know what word to describe, but maybe like underachiever, maybe like an underachiever. I'm I'm not sure, but basically I was frustrated and I thought if that jerk can do it, then what's my problem? Like that person seems like a moron and, you know, sorry to vent there a little bit, but I was just like, why can't I do this? I did it before and I see other people doing it and I, I just don't really understand what's going on here. So... I often say that people should keep pushing forward and try not to make the same mistakes again and again. And really, that's all I've done. I have certain skills like hiring VAs and setting up systems that I transferred over from my corporate gig, but it was really only after I knew how to do it myself. And I think, again, Jan, you're, you're realizing that maybe you tried to outsource things a little too quickly. The other thing is I have a technical background in project management and I lean into that, but I'm basically average (laughs) at best with both of those. Actually, I'm probably far, I'm I'm not even average on the technical side. I maybe was okay at at one point, but yeah, at this point, uh, I mean, I can look at some code, but I'm no good. Project management, I could do okay, but yeah, if you you, uh, put me up against awesome project managers in a corporate setting, a big system implementation, um, you know, I can get the job done. So that, that's me. I can get the job done. That's about all you need. So I tried to really like simulate outsourcing and maybe like cheating with the age site case study, which I owe an update on. I'll give a little mini one here. Basically, One thing I do know is I've received emails from people and they are doing better with their age site implementing what I have talked about in the case study, which is actually, that's really the goal of doing a case study like that, where people do a better job than me executing what I've taught. That's pretty cool. It's like, it it works. And I basically have been lazy. So here's the quick rundown. The site is still earning. It still gets traffic, but it's basically been under $100 per month for the last couple months here. The May algorithm update that Google put out hurt the site quite a bit. Traffic's down quite a bit. And it had been growing consistently, pretty slowly, all the way up until April of 2020. And that's even after not doing anything to the site 
since roughly November of 2019. So I thought everything was tracking well, even though commission rate change was a kick in the balls. You get the algo update and I've just been neglecting it. So, I mean, I put things in place, did some stuff for about, I would say like four to six months. I can't even remember. Yeah. Something like that. And then ignored it. So we'll see. A lot of times we see these algorithm updates go up and down and impact sites in different ways. But anyway, that's the sort of mini update. Anyway, as you can imagine, um, it's been a little frustrating. So at some point I will do, (laughs) I'll do an update, but I need to get some ducks in a row and sort of have a plan in place. Otherwise, I'm just giving you an update where I tell you I've neglected the site. As you mentioned, Jan, you need to have a successful site before you can put a repeatable system in place. And you could put a system, I, I encourage you to keep track of things and try to implement a system. You can have a team, but you'll continually tweak it as you're figuring out what to do, as you figure out like what makes the site successful. And it's totally fine to set up the systems, but just keep making adjustments. Now, the biggest issue I see here is the marketers that bumped into you early on. So it sounds like you had sort of a rocky start. It it was funny because I was reading it. I was reading the email you sent and I thought, ah, oh, you know what? Those marketers set up a challenge and then they had products to sell you to participate in the challenge. It's a great tactic to make those short-term sales but it's really terrible to like build a relationship there. You're probably never going to buy any products and you're probably going to actively tell people not to follow them. And I see that kind of nonsense all the time, especially on YouTube. People try to make things sound really easy, very simple. And all you have to do is, you know, buy the ebook for 1995 or whatever. And I usually try to do the opposite so people have a realistic expectation. And hopefully, I mean, it's a great contrast where if you hear someone say, this is uh, very simple, you just set up this site, you buy links from Fiverr, and then you get traffic. And I'm telling you, hey, it's going to take a long time. You're going to have to put in a lot of work. I think I'm ending up with, uh, you know, better people that are following my work in general. And I'm mainly talking about someone like holding that challenge and then selling starter kits. And perhaps I misunderstood, but if they were guaranteeing rankings, that's absolutely bananas. I don't know of any legit SEO that guarantees rankings. They shouldn't guarantee it in writing. And I hope you can get a refund or whatever you're looking for there. But generally, I think they would be able to blame the results on you. They could say, hey, you changed the content. Hey, you did this. Hey, you didn't do that. And just say, we share the blame on this and there's no way you can get a refund. That's one of the reasons why I stay away from those SEO services. It's really easy just to pass the blame over or say, oh, you know what? We're going to stick with it for another six months here. Or you're never going to see results. It just seems like a weird business model. I know legit companies do it. And I know there's a lot of folks adding value and doing a great job for their clients. But for me, I just, I don't know. I, I really steer away from that sort of stuff. Okay. So here are another few thoughts that I'll share with you. And I may think of some more later, Jan. But number one, 
focus on just one site. I need to stick to this advice myself, but it's pretty much universal. Work on one site obsessively until it clicks. There's so many things that you can do from content to outreach. You can get on Pinterest and start pushing out uh, pins over there. You can do YouTube. You can publish skyscraper articles and do outreach and be really methodical. And I've had this conversation with uh, several of my peers. I think obsessiveness is helpful as long as it's in the form of taking action. So I encourage you and everyone here, right? When I say you, I'm talking about everyone. If you're obsessive, don't obsess too much on doing exactly the right thing all the time. Just get close enough, you know, move forward and you can adapt later. Most of the time, nothing here that we're working on is permanent. You have some flexibility to adapt and basically change whatever you're doing in the future. Number two, potentially shut off some of these inputs. You got podcasts, blogs, YouTube, got the Facebook groups. Personally, I don't like Facebook groups. And most of the time, those are going to make you feel like you're missing out or somehow failing. You probably know if it's a good input or not for all of those, whether it's a Facebook group or, or not. And I know there are some good Facebook groups where there's good knowledge shared and you're not going to feel bad about it, but just take an assessment and maybe drop out from some of them. Now, personally, I realized that some of the inspiring marketing podcasts that I really loved were actually making me feel terrible at some point in time. So I filtered on those pretty hard and discovered, you know what? I, I don't want to listen to these anymore. They make me feel like I'm not getting work done. They make me feel like I need to jump around, right? Some of these podcasts have some success story. Every single episode where someone's doing a different thing and you're thinking, hey, I should add some physical products and drop shipping to my affiliate site. Oh, what about directories? I need to add a directory to my site. I need to do Pinterest. And all of a sudden you're pulled in like 40 different directions and you feel like you're not getting anything done. So filter hard, figure out like what, what inputs you need. I think a lot of times people just need to execute a little harder, a little longer and figure out like what's working so that they can do more of it instead of like switching around too much. Number three, there are no shortcuts. There are no shortcuts. It sounds like you got over that issue specifically, Jan, but it's not really that you were looking for shortcuts, but the content that you were finding, the marketers found you, right? Potentially they were running ads, but they found you and then you kind of got roped in for a ride. And I can't blame you for it. It doesn't mean like you should try to do things like the long way or just make things take longer for no reason. But generally, if something sounds easy or if there's a really low barrier to entry or if it's really cheap to just go, for example, buy links or buy keyword research or something like that, your inputs, right? Whatever you're trying to save some time on, it just it could be screwing things up. So don't try to make it take a long time, but don't try to take any shortcuts. Generally, you're going to get something out of getting your hands dirty and doing it yourself. Number four, look at everything on a longer time frame, maybe three or five or 10 years. 
you can afford to make smarter decisions at that point, methodical decisions if you're aiming for a longer time frame. The uh, moron that I cited before, he's out of the marketing business as far as I can tell. He was generally unethical and those unethical decisions and the poor uh, work that he was doing fizzled out. So I wasn't necessarily thinking in terms of years back then. And a lot of times I need to get out of my you know, day-to-day work and think a little further out. But basically, even back then, I was I wanted to do good work that people would care about. And eventually it worked out. And part of it, you know, is super cool. We didn't have a huge crew yesterday, but a lot of <laughs> in the uh, meetup, a lot of the people were generally not getting out of the house for months, right? I mean, this was the first little outing with random strangers in a very, very long time. Again, we were all uh, very safe. No one got too close and all that. But I mean, I'm doing work where people care about it. They want to meet other people that are into the same topics in the, you know, in the community here, which is great. So anyway, I think you're, you're heading in the right direction, Jan, overall. I think you you probably need to tweak a couple things, but the fact that you're in five-figure niche site, multi-profit site, I think it's almost inevitable that you'll be able to make it work. I think you may have a few habits or things that you're implementing that are not in the course because of all the other inputs that you have. Part of the magic in both of those courses is everything that I've pruned out. If you go to YouTube and watch the 1100 plus videos that I have, if you read all of the blog on Niche Site Project, there's, I mean, there's a lot of information there probably that's in the course. Actually, I know in multi-profit site, there's a lot of 100% unique. I've never covered some of the topics elsewhere, which is great. But at the same time, the huge value is all the things that I've removed from those courses. So you're left with a distilled version. It's more refined versus if you go to YouTube, you can get, I mean, you can learn everything you need to learn about marketing, email marketing, niche sites, keyword research, everything, right? You can learn almost anything over on the YouTube side, but it's too much, right? It's too much to sort through. There's contradicting information that, I mean, I even say probably in some of the same content, where I say, go big, but not too big. You know, it's really hard to place everything together. I hope, right? I got to, got to make the, the courses valuable. And, and I mean, I know that the courses are good because I interview people that implemented and they're doing great. They're like, this, this course really refined things for me. So got an episode coming up, I believe this coming Monday uh, with Melissa. Great example. She had blogged for years and then she's, uh, about, I think about a year into five figure niche site and like things are growing quite a bit. And there's, you know, many, many examples. I've been doing more interviews lately, but basically I know the courses are good. I know if you implement them and you don't get too distracted with other things, they will work out. You do have to be flexible. You have to adapt along the way. Mistakes will still be made, but you'll be in good shape. All right, you'll be in good shape, Jan. I only had the four points originally that I was going to talk about, but I did think of a couple others just to pepper on here. I will, 
I'll mention, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just get into them here. So number one, the, sorry, no, we're not starting at number one. We're not going to renumber it here, do the first four and then do the next two. So number five, all right. So number five, keep working on that human proof design site. So it sounds like you're refining things down. And as I mentioned before, work on one site obsessively. That site should be the human proof design site that you purchased. It's getting traction. So the universal advice advice around that is if you have a site that has traction, keep working on that one. That is already working. So do more of it. That is fairly simple, but I do see oftentimes people think, all right, I have one site. It's getting traction. It's making $50 per month. I need to start a second and third site so that they will be ready and they will start earning. And what it does, it it spreads you a little too thin. You, best case scenario, you make a little progress for each of those sites. And maybe you get each of them up to $50 a month within, say, four months or something like that. And maybe your original site, instead of growing as much as it could have, it is stuck at $100 per month after a year, where if you would have put all the effort into the one site, it potentially could be at one, two, $3,000 because it has traction already. It's out of the sandbox. It is poised to grow. If you put a lot more effort into it, it will probably grow much faster. So focus on the one site. Don't think to yourself, hey, I need to diversify. Hey, I need to build another site so it will be ready in the future. Focus on the one site. And most of the time, people end up at a point where the proportional effort that they put into the you know second six months or maybe 12 months to 18 months, that ROI for that effort usually is huge. And, and they don't realize that if they would just keep working on the one site, they could go from you know 1,000 to 5,000 with roughly the same effort that it took to get to the first $500. Of course, those are all big generalizations, but I hear it again and again. People are like, wow, I had no clue that the site would grow that fast because it took so long to get to $500 a month. Next thing you know, they're getting you know 10 times more traffic and it's all the effort compounded over time. So keep focusing on the one site that you're getting traction on. And finally, number six is persistence. It sounds like you're persistent, you are pushing through, you're hitting uh, roadblocks, your results are not meeting your expectations, but you're adjusting along the way. That's great, that's what you have to do. I've talked to you know many folks in your position, and more importantly, that are just beyond where you are, Jan, where they realize, oh, okay, the the second site that I'm creating is better. Things are working faster because I've made you know, mistakes before on my previous sites. Now I'm doing more things right and I'm not making those same mistakes. Additionally, there's folks like Ron Stefanski who's been tracking his income for years. He and I started you know, roughly around the same time blogging. You could check out his income reports over at One Hour Professor. And generally he took a very slow route. I mean, you can see the early years where he was dabbling. He had, you know, months where he lost money, where he was investing more than he was earning. And just very slowly, month over month, year over year, 
he's been growing his income. And I think typically these days he's making around 20K a month, roughly, if you were to average it out over the last several months here. So things are things are great, but it took a long time to get there. And the point is persistence. He just kept grinding it out. Same here. I mean, I mentioned for a year and a half or so, I was trying to do the same thing, literally the same thing that was working really well for me before, but things shifted. Things shifted right after I got started. So I had to adapt. I was frustrated. I didn't know what to do. I started just trying different things. When things weren't working, I would do the opposite. So that is one reason why I started going after really long tail, low competition, low search volume keywords because everyone was going after, you know, five, 6,000 searches per month with, you know, one or two main keywords. So I figured if that's what everyone's doing, maybe I should do a little bit of the opposite and see how it works out. And that is where the KGR came from and tried to refine it down a little bit. So quick recap on the six points there. We got focus on one site potentially shut off some of your inputs. There's no shortcuts, so don't try don't try to do things too fast. Similarly, look at everything on a longer time frame, 3 or 5 years, something like that. And I mean, if you think about it that way and you're like, okay, maybe I can't publish as much as some of the other people, but if you happen to be really good at long-term projects, maybe you can't publish 200 articles in the first six months, but maybe if you show up every single week and make sure you publish one article per week, within a couple of years, you're at the same point. Yes, it'd be great if you could publish all of them at once, but it is unlikely if you're doing this on the side that you have that much capital right up front that number one, you feel comfortable with, and you know number two that you maybe have available. Some people don't have you know tens of thousands of dollars Look, most people, we don't have tens of thousands of dollars to just like, okay, I think I'm going to throw it at a website. Hopefully it's going to work. That's great. I mean, that's that's a lot of money to to throw out, not knowing if you don't have the confidence yet, or you have family, friends, spouses who are like, I'm not so sure, can we like dip our toe in this? So anyway, if you look at things on a longer time frame, you don't have the same pressure. You can make um, you know, slow progress over time. I happen to be very good at that sort of thing. I am not uh, very uh, fast as far as uh, like running, but I've done several half marathons and those take a long, I mean, you can't just all of a sudden, most people can't just all of a sudden go run a half marathon. You have to train for many months and make very incremental progress. In fact, if you try and run too much, you're going to injure yourself and then you're going to be on the sidelines. You, you can't train if you injure yourself. So it does take a very slow, methodical approach. And I think that is useful for most people. And it takes a little of the pressure off. Number five is keep working on that human proof design site because it has traction. And number six is persistence. Just keep going. Don't make the same mistakes again. Keep pushing through and you should be in great shape. A lot of these sort of overlap, but I think you get the point and I just wanted to emphasize it. Thanks, Sean, for sending it in. And do me a favor, let friends know about the show. If you enjoyed this one, share it in a Facebook group, email it to a friend, email it to an enemy, right? Whoever you want to send it to, that's great. Just spread the word and I really appreciate it. Thank you. 
thank you so much for listening to The Doug Show. I really do appreciate it. I mean, I'm just sitting here at my computer recording stuff, and uh, you're listening to it, and I think that's awesome. If you enjoy the show and you know someone who maybe would be interested in it, please let them know. I think it would be fantastic if you help spread the word. If you are not signed up for the Niche Site Project email list, well, you're in luck. All you have to do is go to nichesiteproject.com, click the green button, enter your name and email address, and I'll send you a bunch of cool stuff about affiliate marketing, productivity, including all my templates. If you happen to not be subscribed to this podcast, please do subscribe. And don't forget, I welcome your questions. So you could send uh, your emails to feedback at doug.show. I got that really cool domain, doug.show, that's it. So feedback at doug.show. Or I'm going to leave my voicemail number in the show notes. So all you have to do is give me a buzz, leave a voicemail, and then I'll potentially put you on the air. So looking forward to it and we'll catch you next time.